The following podcast contains language and themes that some people may find offensive. It also contains a 42-year-old man gushing. Audibly gushing. Sort it out, Alex, for fuck's sake. Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was, Was It? The podcast that isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Questions like... How was Monday for you last week? And did you get up to much on Thursday? I'm Alex Sivright, and my co-host for this exciting episode is Emmy Weber. Hello, Emmy. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Good. We always <laughs> do this little preamble beforehand, like we haven't seen each other in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, since you got me my coffee. Yes. I had to go and get a coffee. It's um, part of her rider. Anyway, our guest for this episode is an actor, writer, and former singer, and... Let me just get this out of the way right now. He's also one of my comedy heroes, it's got to be said. It's Charlie Higson. Hello, Charlie Higson. Hello there. Hello. How it's are lovely you, to love Yes, I'm good. It's lovely to be here, and it was lovely to get that glimpse into your intimate, intimate lives at the yes. beginning there. It really you've learned, picture. you've learned that she likes coffee, and that's the Yes. Thing. That's the she. best thing. Yes. She. My wife, she <laughs> likes coffee. Yes. Um, so yeah, Charlie, how are you? Are you good? I am actually. I have I have been good, and have annoyingly, for for those people who haven't remained well, I've remained well all through these weird times, except for when I came down with a terrible, terrible cold, having mm. not had anything wrong for over a year. Yes, but I've avoided the more serious stuff. So yes, it's it's it it's good. It's good to feel good. It is, isn't it? I mean, isolation's been quite nice for me. I've quite enjoyed it, the whole... Well, I'm a writer, so I was self-isolating anyway. That's what we do. I've, I've been stuck in this room for years now. Uh, <laughs> I often wonder what it's like out there in the world. Overrated. <laughs> Very overrated. Um, so, interesting fact about you, I was reading. Um, you've played James Bond, haven't you? I have. I yes. have. In a bit yeah. of... Um, it was very meta. Very very, very. Meta. yes i mean obviously uh, for those who, who who know me well or even don't know me at all but occasionally look at wikipedia or go into bookshops or i have children yes i wrote a series of young james bond books mm-hmm. i was commissioned by the ian fleming estate so it was very exciting to actually sit down and and be able to type the words the names bond james bond uh it's the second best thing to actually being james bond and then um I was approached some time after by the company that made the Miss Marple TV series. And they said, we're doing this new Miss Marple. And the way we do it now, we, we try and set it in some specific historical period and try, if we can, to work in an actual historical figure from the time for a bit of fun. And they said, uh, this book is set in the Caribbean in the 1950s. And it would be quite fun for Miss Marple to meet Ian Fleming. So we thought of you and we thought, would you like to write this episode, A Caribbean Mystery? So I thought, well, that would be very exciting. Um, and I did. It's the only time that Miss Marple ever leaves England. Mm. And as a result, they hadn't got round to uh, filming it because it was more expensive. And in fact, it took, I think, two or even three series before they, they, they plucked up the budget to film my one. Wow. Uh, and of course, then didn't film it in the Caribbean. It was filmed in South Africa. <laughs> oh, well, uh, still quite plush. But yes, yeah, so that's a long preamble to me. So, so I wrote this episode because Ian Fleming had a house out there, Goldeneye, 
which he bought off the mother of the woman who set up Island Records. Chris, what's his name? I used to have these I... facts at my fingertips. Anyway, it doesn't matter about that. He had a house out there called Goldeneye, <laughs> and um, uh, he was interested in wildlife and bird watching. Um, and he had a book on his bookshelf, which was Birds of the West Indies, written by a man called James Bond. And when he was looking for a name for his uh, detective, a uh, secret agent, he looked at the book and thought, that's perfect. He wanted something boring and bland and straightforward. He didn't want mm. to write a sort of Lord Peter Whimsy type of a book. He's, no, he wanted no. his to be kind of brutal and real. And he thought James Bond is a nice unfussy name. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll write Ian Fleming into the into the episode. So um, he will meet Miss Marple in, in, in the Caribbean. And I thought, well, if I'm putting Ian Fleming in, let's put James Bond in as well. Uh, so I did. So I have yeah. them all at the hotel where Miss Marple is staying. The ornithologist, James Bond, turns up to give a talk on birds of the West Indies. And Ian Fleming is there talking to Miss <laughs> Marple, trying to find a name for his agent. And the man introduces himself as, uh, hello, I'm um, Bond, uh, James Bond, <laughs> uh, this kind of nerdy uh, American ornithologist. And I wrote this, yeah. having a bit of a laugh, and... The great thing about writing something like that for someone else, because normally the stuff I write is I produce myself or or with, you know, it, it, with Paul, if it's a comedy thing, Paul has. But this uh, was great. I could just give them the script. They've made hundreds of them. Thought, well, I'll leave them to it. I don't have to get involved in the day-to-day -day grind of filming, which is incredibly stressful because you yeah. are constantly fighting the weather, time, Time running out, the actors forgetting the lines, things going wrong, and it, and it's it's compromise after compromise after compromise. You only have the perfect vision in your own head. So there I was at home with them filming out in South Africa, and by the end of the first week, they'd they'd used up all of their wet weather cover, mm. which is uh, your exteriors. You start with your exteriors, and uh, if it rains, you've you quickly film something indoors but it was yeah. pouring with rain, so they were having a terrible time, and I thought, it's not my problem. I should enjoy watching the finished product. And then they got in touch and said, uh, you know what, it might be quite fun if you played James Bond. <laughs> and I, you know, and I couldn't turn that down. You can't, so I, you? No, and I went out there, and I had, the, <laughs> you know, you have your, your, your three-way, as it's called, which is three little dressing rooms in a, in a caravan, and it said, James Bond on the door because they always put the character name rather than the actor. And so, yes, there I was playing James Bond. But suddenly, of course, I was plunged into the stress and the horror of filming. Yeah. It, it was a big night scene and it was pouring with rain. They're all supposed to be having a lovely meal outside under the stars, but had this huge, great sort of device had been rigged up above them, just filling with water as the rain thundered down. Yeah. And this was about four in the morning. And oh. they just managed to get Miss Marple and Anthony Sher out of the way before this thing collapsed. Wow. <laughs> and would have crushed <laughs> them to death under the weight of the water. So it was quite exciting. But, yes, I played the boring ornithologist, James Bond. And that is... He needs his own spin-off series, surely. So you can be the Sean Connery <laughs> of the ornithology James Bond. Well, you could. You could go even more meta, yes. 
He is uh, under the cover of being a dull American ornithologist. He's actually (laughs) a British Secret Service agent who who uh, assassinating uh, rival ornithologists. Actually, I did come up with uh, with an idea for a crime series because Robert Webb of Mitchell & Webb was playing the villain. Always in these things, they hire a comedian. They think, ah, wouldn't it be clever if the comedian played the villain? Yeah. So if, whenever you see a, a comedian in in a in a drama, a, 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 a sort of murder mystery like that, you go, that's the villain. Yeah. They got around the problem when I did Broadchurch actually, because they hired me, Lenny Henry, uh, Roy Hudd, <laughs> uh, and one of the guys from Horrible Histories. So it was kind of like, which of the comedians did it? And it was none of us. <laughs> wow! Oh. What a what a red herring. Yes. What a spoiler. So, but there I were. We were. <laughs> so there's me and Robert Webb getting slightly hysterical at, at four o'clock in the morning as everything's going wrong and rain is pouring down on everyone. And um, he was playing the villain, and and I, I and we we came up with an idea for a crime series where a a traditional Agatha Christie style villain, uh, reformed villain, and a traditional Agatha Christie style detective. Um, go on adventures around the world and they turn up in places and there's always a murder. And it's always it's always the murderer who's done it. Yeah. So at the end of every episode is the same. The detective's saying, you promised me you weren't going to do it again. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Um... So that was an extraordinarily so... long answer to your first question. <laughs> oh, but you know what? That's fantastic. It's, uh, I can use that. Actually, I'm going to use that instead of the uh, normal we first met in 2005 thing. So, yeah, I'll just skip that. <laughs> um, so, Charlie, let's get this ball rolling, shall we? How was Monday for you? Well, I was actually on holiday um, last oh, week, the nice. end of my holiday, in, uh, in Wales, of all Lovely. places. Um, mm. My wife's family have had a little cottage in Wales near Cardigan since the early 70s uh, and we go down there quite a lot and usually it's cold and raining so we we'd gone down and we weren't expecting to be there very long we we took sort of hobbies to do whilst yeah. we were stuck indoors in the rain but we had unexpectedly and very welcome glorious weather it was very hot and sunny in that part of Wales so we were on the beach and swimming in the sea and all these kind of things so uh, we stayed on longer than we were intended. So I was still there last Monday. So, uh, that's yes, that's what I, where, where I was and what I was doing. Lovely. I've, I it sounds nice. It does sound very nice, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't actually been to Wales. Whatever? No. Ever? No. How can you not have been to Wales? That is quite bad. I don't know. I don't know. I, I bet I... you've been on holidays to all manner of countries all around the world. Quite a few, yeah. yeah. This is the problem. People in England don't know don't know the British Isles. I mean, I've only been to Scotland once, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> I went to Wales on a school trip, and my mum didn't pack any Wellington boots, and she didn't pack a coat, and I was the only kids there who and, and they're saying well, where, where is your coat where's your jumper or anything like, nope nope and so i had to spend the whole time in this cagoule they gave me just like because yeah the weather wasn't great when we were there for the week was it, was it summer or winter i can't even remember to be honest with you it was just or is there a difference in wales <laughs> it was just gray <laughs> it was gray gloomy i loved it i well, I, I i hardly recommend that you both go back there 
Um, we will. When the sun shines, it is it is the, it is the best place on earth. It's it's very beautiful. Uh, they got some mm. amazing beaches, and um, uh, it's lovely. I mean, but of course, it it doesn't always. It's not always sunny. But we were lucky. No, that's nice. I did send a postcard home to my mum, which she still has, which just tells her my Veruca's coming off. <laughs> that, that was my that was my news from Wales. I bet she treasured that. Did she frame it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. still got it. <laughs> she kisses it. Our, <laughs> she loved that very Our our youngest um, Sydney, when he was, I think he was only about eight or nine, he went on Forest School Camp. Are you aware of Forest School Camp? I'm not. Mm-mm. It no. was set up, I think, in the twenties as a sort of. Um, a sort of communist alternative to the scouts. Okay. Oh, okay. It, was, it was doing the same thing, but without the military aspects. It was all about helping oh. each other and mutual oh, okay. support and cooking for each other. And it's a sort of thing that middle-class parents send their kids on and they run wild. And uh, he had a terrible time on the first day because the other kids do the cooking and they had barbecued sausages, which were basically raw. So no. he... Uh, <laughs> He was all alone in this tent, which leaked. We'd given him one of those useless pop-up tents. Uh, and it was raining, and um, his guts went haywire. Oh. He couldn't get out of the tent, so he attempted to do a poo in one of his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, um, but it overflowed, and actually... Oh, when no. he woke, oh. and, uh, and then when he woke up in the morning, he discovered it wasn't one of his shoes, it was the shoe belonging to <laughs> I was about to ask what size feet have we got? To, to his <laughs> mate, the guy, the guy he'd never met before. So oh, he no. had an absolutely miserable time. Uh, and in fact, when he got back, he had this big rucksack and he hadn't changed his clothes once in the entire time. He was still wearing the same clothes. So there was all these clean clothes oh. in layers down through this rucksack, including this rain-sodden postcard, which luckily mm-hmm. he, he, he hadn't managed to send. It just basically said, I am having a terrible time. This is the worst thing I've oh. ever done. Please, can I come home? Oh, blessed. blessed I him. pooed in a shoe. Yes. <laughs> but he didn't get any verrucas, so that was a plus. No, the other guy yeah. probably did, though, didn't he? All sorts of yeah. infections. And it? actually, that trip was to that was to Wales. One of the forest school camps is in Wales. But no, we had a fantastic time. And on Monday, we went to a place called Clangranog. And... Mm. You can now walk, if, if, if that is your bent, the whole of the Welsh coast. It's oh. pretty up and down, so you need to uh, prepare for it. Uh, but there's a fantastic walk from Glangrana that goes out onto this, this kind of headland that goes out into the sea, and it looks like something from Lord of the Rings or Game of the Thrones or something. It's called, wow. it's called Innis Lochtin. It's probably not um, pronounced it properly. But, hey, but you know, it's mean? a real, it's great to get out of London and just clear your head mm. and do yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we're moving out of London, because we just need to clear our heads. We need space. Yes, we're so you're finally space. moving to, is it Wales or Scotland you're going to? Oh, we're going to <laughs> Kent. <laughs> as, far going as, to Kent. Kent. as far as Kent. An hour Kent. and 20 minutes away. <laughs> Have you ever been to Kent before? Yep. Saw the place before we, well, we got it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was your soul Previous trip to Kent. Yeah. Well, no, I've actually been to Kent a fair few times. I've done a little bits and bobs for BBC Radio Kent now and again and um, mm. found my way heading back there. So it's kind of apt that I, I'm going back to Kent. I think that's probably... Seeing as I don't do anything for BBC Radio Kent anymore. It's ironic. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Um, so Monday sounded absolutely lovely, to be honest. Um, Tuesday, what was that? Well, Tuesday, like? we, we went to the beach in the morning and swam in the sea, which I hadn't been. Uh, we go to Wales quite a lot in the spring and the autumn. I hadn't been for a summer holiday there for a few years. Mm. Um, and I'd forgotten. I uh, so you get used to swimming in the Mediterranean. What it's like trying to swim anywhere in the UK. I'm not one of these wild swimmer types or, or, or the, the types who get up at six in the morning and go swimming in Hampstead. You, you'd never do the channel. God, no. No, leave that to bloody Williams. Or swimming <laughs> up the blooming Thames. What was he thinking yeah. of? Uh, but no, it is absolutely bloody freezing. I bet. And, you know, there's kids mm -hmm. there sort of running in and out. Although the thing these days, and we didn't have it when I was a boy, is everyone wears wetsuits. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're not scuba diving, but they are, they are swimming. And it makes sense, I suppose. But, you know, in my day, we were proper men. Have you ever worn a wetsuit, Charlie? I have. I have. I, I did a couple of times in cleaning. We did, I had it once. For, we were doing some. Uh, we were filming on the Fast Show. It was a. It was a sketch where um, the off-roaders, Simon and Lindsay. Yes. Um, I can't remember the setup, but they've had some kind of an accident that has ended up with Simon uh, falling into a river, presumed dead. Now, I'm just going through my fast show encyclopedia in my head. Ah, well, it's, it's basically a monologue to camera from Paul as um, Lindsay is sort of saying, sorry, Simon, mate, maybe we'll find your body. Yes. Uh, and he talks for some time. And yeah. then I rear up out of the river uh, yeah. with an axe and embed it in his head. So, top of his head, yes. So I had a fake axe and he had a sort of hat with a sort of polystyrene thing in it. Yeah. To, to, and... Um, but basically, I had to lie on the bottom of this riverbed for quite some time underwater, holding my breath, Jeez. before I pop up, all for the sake of a of a cheap laugh. Well, it's it's a great sketch. I remember it very well. Um, yeah, Paul Whitehouse asking if it looks cool, doesn't he, at the end of it? Yeah, I know the, I know well, the it's sketch. the hat, the famous hat. Yeah, the famous yeah. hat. Yeah. Uh, and we'd sort of timed it of how long I might be able to hold my breath for. Um, yeah. And so he then timed something that he might say. And I was kind of showing off, and I stayed down there a lot longer than I thought I was going to. And he sort of slightly <laughs> ran out of things to say. But I don't know if you've ever tried staying hidden on the bottom of a riverbed. No. no. It's really no, no. difficult. because I'm too buoyant. Well, exactly, I, as, as are we all. Uh, so I was sort of clutching these rocks and my fake axe, under this pretty cold riverbed, but I, as I say, I did have um, a wetsuit on. So, wow. uh, it, it, wow. so, um, and and immortal comedy came out of it. It did, yes, and that has stayed with me for some time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't I, bloody remember yeah. it. Actually, I, no, actually, <laughs> actually, well, while we're talking about the fast show, uh, just while we've got it on a, a slight tangent, there's a sketch that I absolutely love. So I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I've imagined it. Um, ah, but is you get is you getting ready for bed? It's bedtime bears. Yes, bedtime bears. Yes, it is there on the on the internet because people often tweet about it, and it, I can never find it, but someone always finds it for me. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yes, if you look up bedtime bears, I think that's what it's called. Bedtime bears. Yeah, it was bedtime. written by. We had this amazing uh, guy called Brendan O'Casey because on the Far Show, we, uh, Paul and I wrote probably about 70% of it. Mm. 
The rest of the cast wrote mainly their own stuff, but occasionally a sketch for someone else. And then we would have uh, sketches in from the public and from other comedy uh, writers, whatever. We, you know, you need huge amounts of material for, for a sketch show, which, yeah. which you then sort of weed down and whittle down and see what's actually it's phys- you're physically capable of fitting in with your film is good or whatever. But we had these set sketches sent in by a guy called Brendan O'Casey, and they were like nothing else we'd ever seen. Hmm. Um, they were they were extraordinary and very sort of poetic and very beautifully described in a slightly old-fashioned manner. Uh, it turns out he is the grandson of the Irish uh, playwright uh, Sean O'Casey. Oh, uh, but he lived okay. on a farm in in Devon. And, and he sent these amazing sketches. And Bedtime Bears was one of them, and it was beautifully described. And I tried to, to keep that sort of quaint, old-fashioned 1950s style that, 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 that he writes in. And he, he wrote, and he co-created with me, the character of the painter. And he wrote all ah. those amazing lines that the painter comes out with that, wonderful, that I wonderful. could never, never think of. You lock me in the cellar and feed me pins! <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> My eyes are pies and yours, yours are lies. Now that actually, yeah. now that was the one line I wrote for the painter, because uh, I'd always we'd always ask them to supply us with picnic stuff and things that I could throw around, and they we had these two beautiful little pork pies, and I came up with a line just before we filmed the sketch. I thought, yes, I've I've, I've just about reached Brendan O'Casey's level. And the trick for me was always seeing if I could crack Arabella. Ah, she yes. was she was she was so good, and she was so good at keeping a straight face, mm. and 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 mm. just kind of yeah. I don't know how she did keeping that. it all in as I went bonkers. Because I never really knew what I was going to do when I went bonkers. No. I mean, I did chuckle earlier when uh, we were having technical issues. I just <laughs> put this in the podcast, and Emily said to me, um, "On his screen came up, but it was just black." <laughs> in, my head, in, in my head, I went, "Yep." Okay. Well, it's a nice thing about doing the doing the fast show. Is it still fondly remembered? And and you know, people. Yeah. You know all those little things, which in themselves aren't particularly funny, but you keep repeating them, and people like it. You know, there's a lot of people if they get a sort of uh, coughing fit, oh, <laughs> will end up going. <clears throat> oh, that's got it. Yep. Uh, and it. of course, uh, uh, black tri- triggers a lot of people. Um, yeah, I'm an artist, so yeah. Anytime I pick uh, up black, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, to, to to do something that sort of enters the public consciousness like that is oh, it's is, a lovely is, thing. Is, is great. It's, it's it's a lovely thing. And um, I, I mentioned earlier, you are one of my comedy heroes. I'm going to gush slightly here now <sighs> because um, Emily can vouch for this. Every time Mickey Disco, yeah, you appears, cry laughing. I can't. I can't not cry. <laughs> He loves um, Mickey Disco. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Every appearance, I can't not weep joy. <laughs> no one where he falls over. Yes, I, uh, I think he does mostly. <laughs> yeah, there was. That's, a, that's but, the end of the uh, big show. I think that was his first appearance. Yeah, it was. On yes, big show. Yeah. Yes, oh, and I am a terrible ham, and uh, uh, <laughs> I, I like to hog the screen. So even though no, my bit good. was over, I thought, I know what, I'm going to fall into shot right at the end. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked. But that song that we sang in that one, um, yes. Sexy Baby Disco Baby Hot, 
Mm. I was inspired as most a lot of the stuff on the Far Show. You know, you'd, you'd hear something or someone would say something. I'd make a sketch of it. I was listening to some kind of Italian um, Euro trash, Euro pop single, and it really did sound like the backing singers were singing wanker, <laughs> wanker. <laughs> so uh, that's where it came from. It's Ill. But you know, we really should have properly recorded Disco Baby, Sexy Baby Hot. I reckon it could have been a very big time. Hit. I want it for Eurovision. <laughs> well, I have actually toyed. I thought they wouldn't go for it though. So look, can we just put Flicky Disco in for Eurovision? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh, God, I love that so so much. Um, but yeah, that's uh, as I say, lots of hours of uh, joy. Uh, you give you've given me there not just through that also for your work on Reeves and Mortimer as well which has been a big influence on me. I'm just getting it out of the way now, Charlie. I'm just no, I don't know you can you, you can spend the next two hours <laughs> talking about how marvelous I am and reminiscing over the fast show. I could, but unfortunately... Because let's face it, you're not that interested in my Welsh holiday, are you? <laughs> well, I am. You see, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. I was going to West... ask if it was a sandy beach or a stony beach. Exactly. Well, they've got lots of really lovely, um, really lovely sandy beaches, particularly all the way along Cardigan Bay, which which extends for many miles. And our, our favourite beach that we love going to in Wales um, is called Munt. Oh, because there is a little hill there, uh, which is a sort of mini mountain, a mount, I suppose. And it's and it's a lovely sheltered beach, very sandy, and it's got uh, a freshwater stream comes in at the back and flows down one side of the river. So when the boys, our boys were small when we went there, we would spend all day damming the river and um, then watching it uh, break the dams. Uh, and I, you know, I, I still hanker after doing that, but I'm yeah. going to have to wait till I've got grandchildren now. I can't be going over and pushing the other kids out of the way. Yeah, you just, <laughs> just go and do it. Just, it's fine. That's not how you build a dam, little boy. Get out of the way. No, we built some some <laughs> magnificent dams. Yeah. And sandcastles and, of course, big holes and burying yeah, people. Yeah, you can't be a big hole. You can't be a big hole. Mm. Now you know we go on we go to uh, on holiday to Italy a lot, and nobody ever does anything like that on an Italian beach. Yeah. <laughs> if you try and dig a hole, holes a, a, a sort of handsome young man in a t-shirt will come along and fill it in. You know, the sort of beach attendant. Uh, you know, the, the, in, in no, <laughs> that's what the Brits do. Um, yes. Yeah. But no, you know, it's all very pristine and, and, and well looked after and they don't appreciate English engineers at work. They don't like fun. That's all well, they, they do have really. fun. They have amazing fun. Um, Just not in the sand. Mainly sort of uh, standing in the sea, chatting to each other. That's what they love doing. Yeah, you know what they're doing. And they, have, and they eat most yeah. amazing food whilst the British contingent get out their crisps. That's fair enough. No, that's fair enough. They do beat us on food, definitely. Um, but what I was going to ask about wearing a wetsuit is: Have you ever had to go to the toilet while wearing one? It's very niche. Well, they, they, well, they, well, they used to say, "Oh, you should pee in it." You know, it keeps you warm, but oh, you shouldn't because it fills dirty. it up with all sorts of um, yeah uh, problems. Um, so, no, um, have you? Mm. I'm assuming you have, or you wouldn't be teeing up this. Uh, well, this yes, anecdote. I have. <laughs> That's my anecdote. Um, no, it was um, 
SeaWorld at Discovery Cove, you had to wear a, a, like a wetsuit when you could walk around. So, Sorry, what's Discovery Cove? It's like a completely manufactured paradise. Best way yeah. to describe it, I think. So it's like... Well, where is got, it? Uh, Florida. Ah, right. So you've so got, it's like you've got it's very zoo. nice, but very fake. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you've got sandy beaches there all brought in from yes. wherever. Uh, and it's like... You so you've been swim. to Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you've never times. been yeah, to yeah. Wales? No. Has it got huge great water slides and things like that there as well? Yeah, yeah, it has. Okay, so what were you doing in a wetsuit? Because presumably it was it was hot. Well, in yeah, it is, but they've got like snorkeling and oh, right. uh, yeah, so some of the pools because they have fish in. They keep the temperatures really cold, so they <sighs> advise yeah, you wear yeah. a wetsuit. And so these wetsuits are all provided by Discovery Cove. You go in, give your size, and you can take it off the hanger. Give your um, size now. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm a large. They... I'll need a big pouch. <laughs> okay. I did. I did. Go not, in not... with a bit more give. Especially <laughs> <laughs> around the waist. It is actually um they uh they've even got prescription goggles there as well. You can oh, right. the matter. Um but yeah, I really need the toilet. Unfortunately, I don't I don't go into that whole pee in the wetsuit thing. particularly when you're in a man made sort of Thing, full of do that. full of rare fish exactly <laughs> full of rays and stuff so i went uh, it was a thing that did up at the back and the awkwardness <laughs> of trying to get this thing down and you know squeeze out of it yes. and i'm british i'm not going to ask for help am i well I, yeah i don't know what the etiquette is on that of what you know hey could you help I me mean, if, zip my, yeah, unzip my wetsuit sir no it's stupid but yeah it's just so, it's not a very good story so, but it happened to me how long did it take Mm, about a good five minutes, I would think. Wow! It. You should have said like two hours or something. Yeah, it wasn't much of a story. Did you have it? to put it back on wet as well? So that makes it. That's even yeah, you just put it back on wet. It's terrible. But surely, then the second time you did it, you would have got um, someone you were I, intimate I with to it. unzip the back before you went into the toilet. You see, this was a business trip. Sounds yeah, but it's not like they can unzip it and take it to the I, next stage. Is it? I, mean, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was the only male. You were the only male. Yeah, yeah but you just, do, I mean, you know, you could, t- you don't need to take it <laughs> as far as seeing anything. I mean, the small of your back, you can take, you can that's, reach around there quite easy. It's the top bit that's hard. Yeah. See, if you were on this break with me, you'd have helped me out. Yeah, but. well, you, you know, come to me first. Will do next time. Um, I'm double jointed. So oh, I can reach. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. Um, so now it's time for this feature's theme music was produced after the recording of this podcast. So let's have a listen to it. What are you doing? Not on the brink, Rose. You've hardly set foot in the cemetery. 
Well, that was that. Um, what do you think? Well, I'm very honoured that you've you've um, you've made a piece of music that references all the, the projects that I got on the go. Uh, yes, my novel yes. for the for my novel set in Greece. You've got the uh, traditional Greek rumbetica influence in there, uh, and for yes. my Swedish TV project, you've got the Swedish nickel harper. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, yes, I think, I think that's right. I didn't ask. And for my Italian thing, the 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 um, there's echoes of the recent Italian Eurovision hit. I can't remember what were they called that band that won. Um, was it? I don't know. I, I I genuinely don't know the answer. I didn't know if you wanted to give me give you a joke answer there or the actual answer. I can't remember. Well, uh, you you could try a joke. Let's see how it goes. Yep, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. All I've got in my head is La Traviata, which is an opera. So it's an opera, not a joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's not a joke. <laughs> Always happens when you put on the spot like that. Just name an opera. Yeah, just name an but, opera. Yeah. But I did think actually, uh, I thought you went a little bit too far with the galloping horses. They weren't really, really? in time. If you'd managed to get some horses, you could gallop in time. Well, no, they, these these were these were you know special horses that um, yeah. I say special. They're not magic. They're special. Uh, and unfortunately, they um, they don't get out much, so they don't get much practice at doing that. So, but they were free. So, what can you do? Especially the last like year and a half, the horses haven't. Oh, had they've much done nothing. Time. Nothing the last year and a half. They just sat there, like yeah. Because I thought you were, the album you did with them. When was that? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. I think they. Uh, yeah. You know that was beautiful. Yeah. But what have in. they gone lame since then? Yes, I mean we've all gone lame since two thousand twenty. I think throughout that we've all gone a bit lame, but yeah, they they just sit around and fart, and that's all they do. It was that horse that got a bit of a drug problem. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Oh. Yeah, we the don't ketamine just... problem. So he's left. Yeah. He's left the uh, herd. Is it a herd or a pack of horses, or a flock? A what do you call <laughs> it? A gaggle of horses. You get them in old westerns. You do, don't Come you? on, Clint. Yeah. There's a gaggle of horses over there. Let's go and lasso them. <laughs> five. There's five. <laughs> yeah. I love that collective term thing for animals. I think that's amazing. But, the when, collective... but, then, but when push comes to shove, one can never remember any of them except for murder of crows, which everyone knows. And well, we've got... Going, oh, oh. Uh, does anyone know what a lot of crows is called? I'm going, yeah, it's a murder. Everyone yeah, but I've got I've got two that I've got to have. Go on then. Uh, which is because um, we've got a pug. Apparently, a collective um, group of pugs is called a grumble. Apparently, a grumble of pugs. Yeah, yeah. I bet it's... some I bet some idiot made that up on Instagram. Oh yeah, they all made it. I mean, the murder of crows. Come on. Um, but the other one is um, an embarrassment of pandas. Yeah. An embarrassment of uh, pandas. I think I think it's a bit of a shame, really, but yeah, that's the truth. Um, okay, well, their so lives think... are quite embarrassing. Is everybody just trying to film them? Um, yeah. At it. That's it. That's it. But there was uh, now one's one's been born recently, though, isn't it? Yes. In Scotland. Is it Scotland? That's right. I think it might be Scotland. Yeah, I've seen yeah. the videos. Yeah, it's tiny, tiny, tiny hamster. Not hamster panda. <laughs> I mean, it might Maybe be. Maybe it, it is a hamster. Be. Because we Maybe don't know what a baby it. panda looks like, do we? Yeah, look, exactly. it's a baby panda. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sell that to your zoo for a million if you want it. It looks like a hamster. No, no, that's what baby pandas look like. 
they come out very small. Yeah. That wasn't well, really they, a Scottish they, accent, was it? But there you go. Well, no, it's fine. I, you know, he's not from Scotland, but Zuki. Oh, I even knew. That there's uh, uh, it's a hamster. That is. No, it's a panda. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the price has gone up. <laughs> That's an embarrassment Lovely. of hamsters. Embarrassment. Lovely. Um, well, that's, that's great. Any more feedback about the music, or was that all...? Uh, yeah, I mean, I quite like the sample of Hyacinth Bucket. Bucket <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. Uh, it, it sort of added... Uh, yeah. Gravitas. Yeah, a bit, um, bit of class, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She. Uh, it, it was an obscure line though wasn't it that it wasn't yeah it wasn't you know traditional. Uh, yeah it, it, it was um, a very random line yeah and i but, and actually the first time i hearing it i wasn't actually sure if it was her and i thought maybe that's from something else she sounded a little yeah. bit manly yeah yeah she did yeah. but uh, I, I tweaked her voice ever since ah clever manly, yeah. only you could have tweaked the horses just to throw <laughs> you off the scent <laughs> so that's great i will look forward uh to, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, should I say. Um, so, <laughs> look forward to trying to put that together. <laughs> don't ruin the magic. Um, Wednesday, Charlie, we're on halfway through already. How did you feel about Wednesday? What was that like? Well, uh, Wednesday, we were driving back from Wales. So it was quite, ah. a, a, quite a dull, dull, uneventful day because it was just uh, us in the car for six and a half hours. That's quite long, isn't it? Really? Well... <sighs> It's a long way to West Wales, and if you get any traffic, you can get badly stuck. And we did yeah. get some. Oh, but, um, you know, I, I, what I always say when I'm driving, because with my wife, and we've obviously spent many, many years together and had many car trips together, is you know, in films and TV, they'll often put people having dialogue in cars. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, rather than just sit at the kitchen table, well, they, they can be in a car and have a conversation. Um, yeah. And in these things, you know, it's backwards and forth, a lot of dialogue. But, you know, our conversation in this six and a half hours from starting in Cardigan and ending up batting in London, if you'd edited it all together, it would have been probably about two or three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can do that. You, you know, you, you'll, someone will say something and you'll drive for a couple of miles and then someone <laughs> else will say, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I'd forgotten about that, yeah. And what and uh, yeah, he was there with us, and the miles would go past. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you know, it's even in the boring, mundane things like having a conversation in a car that life does not. Um, the TV does I mean, not really is not really truthful to our lived it, lives. It wouldn't really make good television, though, would it? Uh, Imagine like a you got a half hour episode, but it's a six and a half hour dry. What's that? And then, well, that's a, that's about that's oh no, that's that an old fashioned series would have been. If it was a comedy series, that would have been. Well, let's say it's a drama, that's six, okay. that's a six part drama. That's true, you got an hour, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the Journey from Wales, yes, starring Charlie Higson. And uh, who shall we have as my wife? Olivia Coleman, she's always good. Olivia Coleman, yeah. Yeah, she could even make the pauses uh, interesting and funny. Oh, she would. She'd yes. just have a pensive look. The Journey Back from yeah. Wales, starring Charlie Hickson and Olivia Coleman. Yeah. The first episode, n nothing is said. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Other and than... you're just thinking, 
have they had an argument or are they yeah. okay or well or, but no, about halfway through as well the traffic doesn't look too bad so far <laughs> and making about, good time. about 10 minutes later uh, let's see how we get on a bit of you know a bit <laughs> of tension there a bit of drama then what yeah. might happen in the next half hour absolutely nothing it's like 24 but not as exciting at all is it it's good i like that but you know you but you would go you do go to motorway services and that is always a little glimpse into hell isn't it i was, I was yes. going to ask if you if you stopped at services on to break up the journey well you do you can't drive six and a half hours without breaking it up well we, we always swap about halfway back at the services so that's you know <laughs> that's the midpoint of the series yeah in this week's episode charlie and olivia <laughs> swap the driving and yes, you go into and what is it about motorway service? This is like stand-up observation of comedy. What is it about motorway services, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, what are those people are doing they? there? Why are they all such monsters? <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it spiced up the journey at least, and I bought I bought some quavers and a Mars bar. Which <laughs> well, I yes. always do. I only ever yes. eat them in in, in long car journeys. Really. Mm. Have you gone for the new flavours? Oh, God, no. I think I am. Oh. Really? I did notice them in the services, and uh, they were different colours, and I didn't even look. I thought, no, that's wrong. Yeah. I'm not even going to... What are their flavours? Well, well, the prawn cocktail. Prawn cocktail. And salt and vinegar. <laughs> now, the prawn cocktail ones are actually quite nice. Because they taste of prawn cocktail crisps, which yeah. is not a flavour that has any relationship to anything in the real world because let's face true. it most people eating prong cocktail flavored things have never eaten a prong cocktail in their <laughs> lives it's true i have it's no. like bubble gum you know things you say it's bubble gum flavor but what flavor is bubble gum yeah synthetic it's just its own its own flavor you know, it was in, what an amazing invention somebody once claimed yeah. it was based on a, on, a, on strawberry oh Oh. That is, was that one of the Quavers flavours? Uh, well, strawberry? Hmm. No. So it's prawn cocktail. Um, it's yeah, vinegar. and salt and vinegar. Yeah. Salt. But they, these are, they're basically, they brought these back because these were, like, what was it? I think early 90s, I think they first introduced these, but they didn't do very well. So they thought they'd try again. again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Big board meeting. We've hey. still got these in the back room. <laughs> they were a disaster. Let's bring them back. Hey, try to get rid of the stock from 20, 30 years ago. We had Alex and I have a, a friend who works in the Quavers factory. Really? And as long as I've known him, which is when I met Alex, so like 16 years ago, oh. it, all he does is he's just, his only job has been working in this Quavers factory. And every time we see him, we ask him so many questions. We're not interested in anyone's job as much as we're interested in his job it's true and like, like do you get the cheese in your nose when you come home like we know when you go on the tube and you get the black yeah, in your yeah, nose. yeah, yeah and we're yeah. like do you get the cheese powder in your nose and <laughs> i would think that would be more of a hazard in the what's it's factory yeah he doesn't deal with them no yeah. he does, he does. We, we but, but no you say every that. time you see him you ply him with questions um yeah yep. is this a bit like one of these car conversations where because, I mean, they're, they're, I can't think of probably more than six questions you could really ask <laughs> about quavers and making them. Is it like you ask him one question one time and the next time you see him? Well, yeah, he's been there so long, so there's many advancements. Yeah, exactly. Um, they've recently got robots in there. 
and they. <laughs> but your friend been... is clinging on. Yeah. Them robots aren't going to kick him out. He's in charge of the. Oh, he's, he's in right. charge of the um, robots. Right. Yeah. He's been there so long. He's in charge of the robots. Oh now. my god! So he could take over the world like Terminator. Yeah, I think they named them, but I can't remember what they named them now. So oh yeah, uh... he did tell us the names. Yeah, nice. it was something like a, a pun because one of them wasn't working very well. It was called someone who doesn't work very well. I can't remember. But... I don't know. I'll message him and find out and put it on the end of the podcast. It's really important. We'll ask him again next time we see him. Uh, yeah, I forget how need to know what the Quavers uh, robots are called. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets he gets bin bags full of Quavers all the time. <laughs> Poor bastard. I, I know. <laughs> he just, just doesn't get a choice. <laughs> just... I think we're just trying to work out what's keeping him there. Like, why would you be there so I mean, long? I, think I mean, the he's... fact he still lives in Lincoln just baffles oh. me anyway. But yeah, he's, I he think he's, there, he's so. in love with one of the robots. He's having a, 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 a romance, a workplace romance. He's certainly not in love with the fucking Quavers, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Bin bags, you could sleep on them, couldn't you? you probably Get does. enough of them. Yeah. yeah, not quite comfy, I imagine. Yeah. But we've asked him questions like, you know, do they ever come out completely straight? What do you do with them? <laughs> they, had a, they had a competition one. And it was when my kids were small. And they were like sort of special mutant Quavers hidden in the packets and if you found wow. one you could win large sums of money Amazing. and i remember we were in wales and i had a packet was eating it and i am pretty sure <laughs> i i this weird shaped gravy come out i thought what the hell is this and then i ate it and then later on the kids were looking at the packet saying hey dad if we find a weird quaver uh we could win <laughs> it's like a million pounds or something and I kept. How would you know? I kept quiet. <laughs> well, it was. It, I think it was like it was like a straight quaver or something. It, it tastes of something. And it, but it, it came out and I ate it quite quickly. I thought, actually, that should have looked at that quaver a bit closer. It looked a bit weird. Yeah. Well, you wow. could ask your friend. He must remember because he probably would. He probably manufactured the ten. Yeah. Put it in the hand, bag. Hand carved the ten special quavers. Ugh. I see. I don't know how I'd feel about. So it's like when they did the Cadbury's cream egg thing recently. They had a gold cream egg if you got that you would win money mm. i'd feel a bit cheated though because it's like i really wanted a cream egg and now i can't eat it because it's golden but with the money you could buy yeah, six get, or seven do... other cream eggs yeah but you don't get it immediately do you you gotta wait well, so, yeah, I mean... well you think well then go back into the shop they're not that expensive are they <laughs> <laughs> the last of your pennies like charlie bucket <laughs> <laughs> on a... i didn't actually want to win <laughs> No, Milo, they go out of season, though, by the time we've got the money in, you know. Do they still go out of season? What? Cream eggs? Cream eggs. Yeah, they, they'll try and sell them all around now. Yeah. If they can. Yeah. I don't know. See, if my friend were to Cadbury, I'd be able to ask him that. But... What day are we on? We are on. We are, we're stuck that's in when, the motorway. Wednesday, Wednesday oh, yes. was coming back six and a half hours with Olivia Coleman. Um, yeah. In a, that doesn't in, sound so bad. It doesn't, actually. Sounds quite good. I'd want to get more chat out of it, though, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Three minutes. We could talk yeah. about sat-nav. Hey, what is it with sat-nav, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Hasn't Waze got a bit pedantic lately? See, you were well, you should go this way. Oh, is it smart motorways? Oh, yeah, they're not that smart. <laughs> the variable speed limit. Yeah. Um, so, you got back home. That was Wednesday. Thursday. Yeah, 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 you jumped to a conclusion there. 
Oh, okay. You didn't get back home on Wednesday then? No, we could have been uh, captured and kidnapped and flown to another country and held. Yeah, we got back home. I was going to say, to be honest though, six and a half hours, it depends what time you left. So you might have got back Thursday morning early. No, no, we did. We did. Uh, I, 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 the, yeah, yeah okay. as I say, my, my week was not that exciting. We got home and um, <laughs> uh, went to bed. You didn't have a nice dinner? If we did, it's for it's lost in the mists of time. Some of the best dinners are. But we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have had the time or the or the inclination to cook up a big feast. All you want to do is have a drink and. Um, yeah, and you're full of quavers anyway. So. Yeah, quavers, Mars bar, yeah. wine. Yeah, that's all you need, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> that's going a bit too far. <clears throat> So Thursday, uh, how was that one? Well, of course, uh, Thursday, as I'd been away, I was catching up with work because we're in the cottage in Wales. It, it, you can't get a phone signal there, and mm. there's no Wi-Fi. So I, I, it was a sort of enforced digital detox, for want of a better phrase, um, mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. You know, if you went out, you 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 would get things on your phone, but you you don't want to sort of deal be. Yeah going out, sitting on the beach, dealing with hundreds of emails. So th- so, so Thursday was catching up with work day, replying oh. to emails. And, um, but I've got, uh, I've got sort of uh, three TV projects on the go and a, and, a, and a book that I'm getting ready for publication. So I did have quite a lot to do because one of the projects I'm show running, so I am supervising the other writers and they were sending in all these scripts and things while I was away. Wow. And I was saying, yeah, I'll deal with that soon. And they were all getting a little bit anxious. So while you were in Wales, were you having like sort of in the back of your mind thinking, oh, God, what am I going to come back to? Or did you just try not to think about it? I, uh, it wasn't It wasn't scary. And it, it's easy to get scary about backlogs of emails and things and thinking, well, if I've missed one, that's really important. But you never do, do you? No, no. And the phrase that always comes back to me is the postman always rings twice. Mm. Which is good, good film. If it's important, yeah. they'll come back to you. That's true. That's very true. But I did need to supervise these um, writers. Mm. Two of whom are based in Saudi Arabia and one in Lebanon. So, wow. Um, okay. And the one in Lebanon, it was really interesting. I was talking to her. Um, she was saying just how bad things are in Lebanon. She said they've always been bad. The government is so corrupt mm. that they cream off mm-hmm. all the money from the electricity power companies and things and so nothing works and every day you, you've got to prepare for two or three hours without electricity and stuff Jeez. Wow. so it's quite hard for her as a, as a writer trying to stay in touch and yeah i bet i bet that's horrible i mean we, we moan about the, the internet going down sometimes here or being slow but yeah to have wow yeah i can't imagine i can't actually imagine that um can you can you talk about the TV show at all? Yes, it, well, that show is a big. It's an interesting one. It is a big fantasy series that I am making for Saudi Arabia, uh-huh. of all places. Okay. Um, it's based on a Saudi a, a, a best selling book by a Saudi author, um, mm-hmm. and it's set in sort of pre Islamic times. So it's it's fantasy. So we've got a bit a bit more leeway of what we can do in it. Um, and there's a big company out there called MBC, at least the mm. Broadcasting Corporation, and they uh, they make a lot of stuff, but for the for the Middle East, and they're wanting to make bigger things with more Western production values that they will can try and sell internationally. And 
a friend of mine was out doing something for them and they won they asked him did he know anyone who might be interested in writing a big fantasy series and he said yes i do he's called yeah. charlie higson yeah. So I'm now involved in this. Uh, I mean, you know, it's fascinating working for someone completely different like that. They could be yeah, different I culture, bet. Bet. Um, and also, you know, it, it, it will eventually all be translated into Arabic and filmed in Arabic. Um, wow, that's that's very cool. I like the sound of that. It's well, it's so, quite exciting because you know when you get to my age, um, you know, they 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 always, but you know, particularly in comedy, you always want the new, young, exciting thing. Yes. You don't want the old, yeah. the old sad, <laughs> middle-aged, grey, white man, middle class. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's always stuff to do, but the, I, you know, the thought of getting in there and helping them develop their TV industry and working with local writers and trying to, to develop that side of things is, is, is quite exciting. Yeah, that's really, I mean, if, if you were to say, you know, can you guess what the project is I'm working on, I would never have guessed <laughs> that. That Neither would I if you'd asked me two years ago what no. I'd be doing in two years' time. But you do never know, do you? You never know what's around the no. corner, so that is quite impressive. But the series is about these two rival uh, witch covens, so it's about young women and it's about female empowerment and it's about the uh, older male wizards trying to uh, suppress them. So, you know, through that fantasy yeah. uh, filter, you got you can do quite a lot. And so I've made sure that the, the other writers on it are young women from Middle East. As I say, one's in Lebanon and two of them are in Saudi Arabia. And it's really interesting talking to them about the, you know, the daily life in Saudi Arabia, what it's like for them. Sure. Because, you know, in many ways, it's just like talking to, you know, they could be in Morden. Yeah. It's, it's all on Zoom. They're <laughs> they, just they, they ordinary, <laughs> you know, they're very ordinary, familiar young young women. And, you know, yeah. they, you know, I think the interesting thing about Saudi Arabia is that there is a... Uh, there's a difference between your public persona and once you know when you're in private at home or with other people or yeah. you know, they have they they have nightclubs and things so um mm-hmm. you you know you, you behave differently and you just you know how to negotiate that i mean you know you you're always in in fear of it being you know shut down by the the powers that be if they don't like something in it but uh it's so far so good, and, it, and as I say, it, it's really interesting and, and quite exciting. Incredible, incredible. Um, so Thursday, catching up with emails, always a good time to be had there. Um, Friday, what was that like? I had uh, lunch with my editor. Right. Which is, uh, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, people talk about, oh, the old days of publishing have gone lunches with editors and things but no it does still happen um and it's always very nice yeah. catch yeah. up um i had a I, I've, I've actually got two editors now because i've got two different books on the go i had a kid's book out in um the beginning of the summer with um puffin who i've been with for many years now um and my editor who i've been with for many years um so it was really nice seeing her catching up talking about the world of books i mean it's a you know when you've talked to someone on the inside about how the business is working and how sales are doing it's always yeah a, it's always an eye-opener I imagine i i tried to well i attempted during lockdown to dip my toe into writing a book um you didn't use a computer 
No, I use my toe. You were writing yeah, with your toe. Right. I, 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 <laughs> that's a, a schoolboy I got error. about four chapters in, and my, you know, my toenail came off, and I was like, no, nah, this is not worth it, really. Was this what this was this fiction uh, it's comedy? A, was it? It's a comedy thing. There's a character I used to do um, for John Holmes on Radio Kent, um, who was called Jeff, and he lived in Headcorn. But basically, if, if there was a topic, I, I'd call in, and um, regardless of whatever the topic was, I had a business that was about that topic. So if if there ah. was an airport story, I was building an airport in my back garden in Headcorn, that kind of thing. So essentially, the, the book was going to be How to Do Business Good by Jeff from Headcorn. And it was basically listing every single business that I talked about on Radio Kent over the last three years. It used to be on talk radio as well, so it was a bit of a list. Um, and just listing every single business and why it went under and why what I, I would have done differently. Um, but it's, I just... Just lost interest. <laughs> it's so hard. It was so hard for me to maintain my interest in it. And I... well, the problem with 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 doing a book of that nature is you've got no, you've got no spine. You've got no narrative to to give you that energy to pull That's you through. True. It's just a, it's a collection. Um, you're 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 down to to thinking right. I've got to write another bit now. It's got to be really funny and stand up in its own right. It's a that's a that's, that is tough to yeah, do. I've found out. I mean, this is why I, I love writing genre fiction because you've always got that engine there. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if it's a thriller, you've got your action story. If it's horror, you've got your horror. If it's, you know, even, even with comedy, you know, you, you, yeah. you build on it and work your way through it. So it, I, love, I love writing and reading genre fiction for that very reason because uh, otherwise I just fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. I mean, I may go back to it. I don't know. But, you know, at the Four chapters, so that was four businesses. It might have been, might have been, might have been six chapters, actually. <laughs> five five how businesses. Many chap- how many chapters did he actually write? I mean, I forgot he did it. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when he when he, met, he mentioned it, and I'm like, this is news to me. But I won't embarrass him in front of Charlie Hicks. <laughs> 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 well, this was a thing, you know, in lockdown, at the start of lockdown, there was all that talk of, well, we're all going to do amazing things. I'm finally going to yeah. write that novel. I mean, sadly, I think a lot of people did finally write that novel. Mm. We don't need any more. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to learn a language. But actually, when it started, nobody could concentrate on anything. No, it was just... And uh, even reading books was hard. Yeah, it was chaos. Mm. There was a, a low-lying anxiety of not knowing where things were going. But then as the year went on, by the time we hit late summer, I, I was... I was bored and restless, and I, so that it was then that I actually sat down and wrote. Um, this I've written a, a, an adult crime book. I wrote four adult crime books in the early nineties, and my editor at the time would keep getting in touch, saying, "You got uh, got a new one on the go, Charlie? Ah, <laughs> uh, now is this TV's taking over?" And you know, it was the time of the Fast Show and Harry Enfield and all that, and Vic Reeves. So. Um, 25 years later, <laughs> we get to uh, lockdown, and I thought, you know, I think I've got an idea for a new adult crime book. So I got in touch with him and said, you know, are you still interested? And luckily he said yes. <laughs> so um, so I wrote it, and that is set in, uh, set in Corfu. Nice. It's a we nice... went to Corfu. Yes, we did. When? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you've been to you've been to Corfu, you've been to Florida, but no, not yeah, Wales. Cor- 
I got second degree burns in Corfu. From the sun or, or, or yeah. sliding down a rope? Yeah, it was. <laughs> From the sun. I, I fell for the cloud cover. I thought, ah. oh no, I'll be fine. No, second degree burns the day before flying back. So. Oh, at least it wasn't your first yeah. day. Yeah, that would have been pretty yeah. awful. It was, it was a hard old time by the end of it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It really was. Well, my the, my kids' book that was out earlier in the year is called Worst Holiday Ever, ah. and it's a it's a comedy book for kids about a, a, a little boy who goes on holiday with a friend's family, so he's not with his own family, and he's quite shy and, and mm. self conscious, and he has it starts terrible because it gets good, but I basically just compiled everything I could remember that had gone wrong on holidays when I was a kid and with my kids when I took them. Yeah. On it didn't get as far as second degree burns. It would have. There's it, it, kind of no way you. There's no way you can go from that, is there? You, know, really, you just have to. It's not really a joyful it, ending. It, it, it sort of puts a halt to to, to any form of activity. Yes. It did. I mean, it was it was hard uh, enough getting on the plane and getting the seatbelt and all the rest of it. I know. Oh. Uh, no, it, it couldn't move, and back at work was awful. I was just leaking. Oh. It, was, just, it was disgusting. It was grim. It was grim. <laughs> But Corfu was nice. Yeah, lovely place. Um, Very hot. <laughs> so the um, the books, do you have an estimated when you're going to get them released or are you still in the middle of them? Well, the kids' one was out at the beginning of the oh, summer. Yeah. It was actually mm-hmm. supposed to be out at the beginning of summer 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were all ready to go. Mm. And then reports started coming in, you know, this disease, and it was particularly bad in Italy. Uh, and the kid in the book goes on holiday to Italy. I was thinking, well, it's not yeah. so great. And then it was like, well, I don't think kids this year are going to get any summer holidays. So you think bringing out a book about a summer holiday yeah. is not great. That... And then kids aren't at school at all. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. No, you know, I spoke to my editor at the time. They said they tried to persevere. They brought out a couple of new books and they might as well have just dropped them down a very deep yeah. well. Nobody's yeah. interested in, in new stuff. People wanted classics and comfort. Oh. And also if kids aren't at school, you can't publish books for kids because they don't know about it. Unless they're at school and talking to each other and the teachers, librarians, whatever, are, are encouraging them. And, write, you know, as a writer, you go and do schools visits and talk. But without them being at school, you know, it's very hard selling books to yeah, kids. I can imagine. Because you can't really advertise yeah. to them because they don't, they don't look at any I remember when I was at school, they had a, um, a, a, a like a monthly pamphlet thing where you could they just had like a catalogue full of, children's books and you you could order one and you get it and you tick the ones you want take the ones you want you get mm. it from from the school and there are there are still some schemes yeah. like that uh some publishers sort of do book fairs where they go into schools and, and flog stuff but obviously you know as with all education and with the with the cuts under the present administration mm. and and you know their lack of interest in in actual education yeah. <laughs> as opposed to pretend education yeah. it's it's tricky and and you know the the teachers and the librarians in schools do an amazing job and in very difficult circumstances of yeah because i you know i've done i've done hundreds and hundreds of schools with i've talked to thousands and thousands of kids and you can really you can really tell the difference in a school if you go into a school where the the library is at the heart of the school yeah and you know books and and reading and that kind of culture is is an important thing yeah there's the the, the schools are just different that's true. Mm. That's true. That's true. I kind of miss those days. I, I I read a lot more when I was at school. 
What being a yeah. child? Yeah, just in general, being a child. Yeah, not this forty-two-year-old. Well, but so, but you, but so you, you were, were you at school before? Yeah, presumably before the big rise of screens and. Oh yeah. Phones. Yeah, I was definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I finished school in ninety-five. So yeah. 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 I remember the internet coming no. out. Um, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look up boobies. Yes. Why is it taking so long? Um, so, <laughs> what? A... But my other book, just to Please finish the do, question, yeah. the, the 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 crime book is out in January. Ah, good. It's called uh, Whatever Gets You Through the Night. Nice, nice title like that. Um, so, we're at the weekend now. What the yes. devil happened there? Uh, not a great, not a lot. Same, same as mine then. <laughs> It was, uh, we had a bit of sun, so uh, I had a barbecue. Lovely. I do like barbecues. Nice. I like eating outdoors. I like doing everything outdoors if you can. Mm. I do like the summer. It's great because you can get up and you only need to put on three items of clothing. You can get dressed in about 20 seconds. A T-shirt, pants and shorts. Yes. That's all you yep. need. And, you know, if you can eat outside, cook outside, brilliant. So, um yep. But, you know, it's not always great weather, so I always cook far too much. I'm glad you said you went with T-shirt, pants and shorts, not two socks. Not t-shirt, two socks. left sock, right sock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the summer. <laughs> fresh Just air. call me Winnie the Pooh, I'm fine. Um... <laughs> but my, my toes are a bit unsightly, so I will keep the socks on. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, Emmy, Emmy, you're a big fan of uh, barbecues and the whole eating outdoor thing. That, yes, that's, I. Uh, yep. Yeah, I saw your eyes. I, I would have every meal as a barbecue <laughs> if yeah. I could. Do you have yeah. a Do you have a signature dish? <laughs> uh, I made some. We went glamping recently, and I made an amazing lamb, um, which I marinated for a couple of nights, and I just oh. what, what this glaze for it. Um. Was it a fillet it or was, was it on the bone or? No, it was it was fillet. I think it was neck or something. Mm. Um, but it was so good. Uh, lamb is. <laughs> I said, is I'll is, do that again. Lamb is the perfect meat to do on a barbecue. Mm. It's not too expensive. You can burn it on the outside. It doesn't matter. It stays tender in the yeah. middle. Even if it's overcooked on a barbecue, it comes out all right. So yes. So so, I try to avoid doing. Say if I have guests over, I try to avoid doing burgers and hot dogs because yeah. they're done. And if the bread's all filling, and there's just better meats you can make. I know and... it's a it's a complete waste doing a burger on a on a on a bog. and a hot dog for goodness sake. Yeah. You can eat them cold. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, and so, you need a good a good bit of meat. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed out on that trip of yours. It sounds great. It, it was it was a good experience. I I'd think about it regularly. <laughs> yeah, good lamb. Well, one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite all time dishes is, is the Greek uh, uh, hieros, as I believe is the correct pronunciation, which is a form, okay. of, which is which is, and they're getting more common here now. I mean, it's essentially it's a it's a it's a kebab, but it's in a very yeah. soft, spongy bread. Ah. You get the lamb, and you get like a yogurt sauce, chili sauce, and chips, yeah. all uh, wrapped up in this thing. And and you know I've I. I went to Greece as a teenager, and I got them then. And I will always try and sniff them out if I, if I'm over there. Uh, but there, but there are now places over here you get it. But it's not the same as mm. being on a beach, 
and a guy's got his coal, hot coals in the taverna. He's grilling the, the chunks of lamb. You've got a nice uh, cold beer, mm. and the sun is sparkling on the ocean, and then out comes your heroes. Now, that, for me, is, is absolute paradise. That sounds good. I haven't ever ordered them because I didn't know how to pronounce them, and I knew that the way I read it is not right. Well, I think, <laughs> I think if you did say gyros, people would, they would, that must be what oh, most people gyros, call them. gyros, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm sure they would happily serve you one. They're not going to stare there saying, I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> what? We, don't, what? we don't serve this. <laughs> no, maybe you need the shop down the road. Oh, <laughs> I'm really hungry now. That's not fair. <laughs> um so that was the weekend was we can, yeah, yeah a bit of a bit of barbecue a bit of um barbecue. uh gardening yeah. uh catch up with the kids which was nice my my um i mean as i said before lockdown for me it hasn't been a great hardship because i sit in this little room and i and i write that's, that's pretty much what my life is so it, and i've been able to carry on doing that but for my three boys who are all in their 20s it's much tougher mm-hmm. Um, you know, at a t- time of life, it's, you know, it's hard for them. And my second son, Jim, is in a um, is a singer in a band called Koala. And mm-hmm. last year they were they were teed up. It was going to be their big year. They had a big British tour, a European tour. They were going to do all the festivals and oh, do Glastonbury for the first time. And, and of course, none of it happened. <laughs> but now, yeah. finally, a year and a half later. Starting to do gigs, so he'd just done three three festivals. He did Latitude and Boardmasters and something in Lincoln. I can't remember. Uh, and he was he was just so happy. They'd enjoyed it so much. Yeah. And he said the crowds were were just amazing because because the crowds just wanted yeah, to, to be starved of it, enjoying they, yeah. it. Um, yeah. And so he came over for the barbecue. So it was great to to catch up with him and to see him properly happy. I mean, yeah. they kept busy. They were recording and they've done lots of social media and stuff but it's not the same as as playing no that. it's it's when you you gear yourself up for the, a big like a big tour or something like that imagine just it's, it's bad enough you know not being able to go out and see your friends or anything like that but when you can't do a gig or something that's what's going to power you on yeah, yeah. So and, huge, and, huge opportunities yeah. lined up and yeah i mean and you know music it's a young person's game mm. you know the likes of uh, billy eilish She's only nineteen. She's been going for four she years. Only and really people start to say, "I did not yeah. know that." Wow. People start to say, oh, "I'm a bit bored of her now." Uh, you know, you've got a small window of opportunity to really hit as as a sort of good-looking young person with your band. This is us. I mean, the only the only consolation is that every single band in the world was in the same position. It's true. Yeah. And and it's not just music, obviously. So it's it's most yeah. jobs. Yeah. So many just were put on hold. Life went yeah. on hold. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I had two um, big, sort of bigish voice acting jobs coming up, and they were delayed till, yeah, like over a year later. I re- recently done one of them the other week, and it was that feeling of waiting. But surely voice acting you can do from fast... home without well, yeah, but for some anyone. reason they said no, we're just going to stop and not do it. So it, it was what? weird. It was weird. Mm. One was for Audible, and the other one was uh, Absolute Radio, and they just. Um, and he just done the absolute radio one, so yeah, no, it was it was silly, but um, which in the end was done. Yeah, from it was home. done from home anyway. Yeah, <laughs> absolute nonsense. But um, 
yeah, I mean, being a... But you know what? What? what and I, I thought about this a lot over the last year and a half. We wouldn't have been able to have lockdown if we hadn't invented the Absolutely. internet. Yeah. Mm. Even 10 um, years ago, this would have been more yeah, painful than it has exactly. been, definitely. No, because, you know, the, the video conferencing then was just yeah. awful. Yeah, you got... And, you know, so much work has become online anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting one. It is. You know, I think uh, Bill Gates created COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that more people would would work online yeah. well, and uh, use his stuff. And um, theory. Yeah, no, he did. It's a theory. Him and Zuckerberg. Well, that's why we can move. It's because I could work from home now. Well, there you are. So... And you're part of the the uh, the the, uh, the drain from London. Yeah. Are you actually mm -hmm. going to the countryside, or are you going to end up in a in a town down that way? Oh no, we're it's busy in the countryside. Nice. We're we're uh, going to be renting um, an annex on on this old Tudor farmhouse. Oh, nice. Um, it's just so like right now that that room that Alex is in there. That messy room is just how we've had to live because that's where, what we're renting is mm. one room for the same price as for this annex. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, well, we I shall come and stay. You must come and stay, sir. You must. And I shall, bring my, I shall bring my wetsuit and yes. a shoe to poo into. <laughs> and Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drive down on the way and have a fascinating conversation. Well, it's only about an hour and a half away. Well, I can make the barbecue lamb and we can stand there oh, in our yeah, t-shirts. Oh, yeah, the barbecue lamb I'll be there straight away. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, Charlie, that was your week. How would you rate it on a scale of up to whatever? Well, uh, um, perhaps. Yeah. No, I was thinking that as well, actually. It was very perhaps week, yeah. but... Uh, a good one. No, it was a good week. It was a good week because I did manage, you know, we did manage to get away to Wales, so that was nice. It was nice to yes. go into town and see me, uh, see my publisher, and it was lovely to have a barbecue. It's, you know, it, the small things in life yeah. are really what gives It sounds like a lovely week. Yes, it, does. it, it was. does. Even the six and a half hour drive was okay. Yeah. We chatted away. Enjoyed the quiet. <laughs> Did you see any cows? <laughs> Cow. A lot of cows in Wales. Fewer once we we came over the uh, Seven Bridge. That's when you know you're near mm. a home, when the cows disappear. Mm. Uh, um, so is there anything else you'd like to plug while we've got you? I think I've pretty much covered everything. I think you did it throughout the episode, which is quite <laughs> impressive. Um, yeah, that was seamless. It was good. It was good. <laughs> um, well... Thank you so much, Charlie Higson. Um, as I say, well, no, I'm 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 glad you enjoyed it because uh, I had a thoroughly miserable time. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm talking about myself. I so hate to talk about myself. Yeah, well, oh, I'd much rather find out about about you guys, uh, whoever you are. <laughs> we could we could get our friend who works in the Quaver factory to talk to you. If yes, you like. and I need to find out what his robots are called. I should get him on as a guest. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, you should. <laughs> that would be your. You get probably more hits on that one, answering all those Quasar's questions. Yes. We've had another question come in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Charlie, for doing this. Uh, it's it's been lovely talking to you. Like I say, uh, anything to add, Emmy? 
I, no, I have nothing to add as ever. Yeah, good. Um, well, my thanks to Emmy Weber. Uh, thanks again to Charlie Higson. I've been Alex Sivright, and that was that was the week that was, was it? Goodbye. Bye bye. Come to Blacks now for our new camping gear essentials, like the brand new Pro Shoe. On a camping trip you didn't want to be on and you've eaten undercooked sausages? Golly! Well, just empty your bowels into this convenient shoe. Available in sizes 7 to 15. Available now at Black's. Please ensure you have the correct size before shitting into the shoe.